Welcome to the Conference of Consulting Actuaries Leadership Development Podcast. This podcast is designed to provide actuaries with leadership skill development through thoughtful and engaging interviews from leaders within the profession. Tune in to gain new insights that will help you as you look to develop or refine your leadership skills and become a more successful professional. All right. Uh, thank you again for joining us in our CCA Leadership Development uh, Community Interview Series podcast, where we're, today we're talking with the presidents of the SOA and the CAS, John Robinson and Roosevelt Mosley. Uh, guys, in our last segment here, I want to turn the uh, our attention towards leadership. Uh, in our name here, the Leadership Development Interview Series, it's one of the things we like to to highlight. Um, and, and and so, John, let me start with you first uh, on this uh, segment. In thinking about people that you consider to be successful leaders, what traits do they have and how do they demonstrate their leadership? Uh, this is a this this is a difficult one, um, I think general as I look across leaders of various types, political leaders, church leaders, and so on and that, that I have encountered over the years. and it's really hard to characterize them in any one way, in any simple way. But the simplest way I will say is that in order to be a leader, one must have followers. There must be some group of people who are willing to follow you, whether it's a group of 10 soccer players or, or, or a political party or whatever, right? Uh, and your success as a leader is gonna is gonna depend directly on your ability to uh, maintain those those followers as 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 being yours. Now, so so as you look across the, the the range of types of leaders and types of activities and so on, it becomes real hard to to find I think any sort of unifying set of traits. If I were to look for traits, I would say, well, you want someone who is trustworthy, uh, someone who the team knows has their best interest at heart. People who, and I use the word team, meaning whoever is following you, right? Um, you would think of someone being reliable. So if you say you're going to do something, you actually do it. and you, you do it in a timely manner and get it done. And the third thing I'd say is you'd, you'd want your leader to be thoughtful. You want someone who, 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 you know, doesn't just shoot off them out about things, but they give it some serious thought before they, uh, now maybe that's the introvert in me coming out in those things. So in terms of traits, I would say, you know, those might be three that I would look for. And Roosevelt, maybe you have some to add to that. But, but having said that, <laughs> There are successful leaders, you know, depending on how you define success, who have none of those characteristics, <laughs> <laughs> or, or they lack any of the other what I would call noble characteristics that we would like to we would like to um, have on that list. So, um, so, so I don't know. I, I know what I would want in a leader. But I think um, in general, to, to try and sort of classify all leaders, that, that becomes a little tricky. Roosevelt, how about you? What are your, your perspective on this? Yeah, so and I, I, may, I may attribute this quote wrong, but I believe it was John Maxwell who said that a leader without any followers is just out for a walk. <laughs> um, and, and, and so I 
completely agree that the, the, the ultimate outcome of a good leader, um, and I'll, I'll, I share maybe some of the same views that John has on kind of defining what characteristics a good leader has, but the, the ultimate outcome, I think, of a good leader is, is, is one who is able to uh, cast vision and, and then um, not just be able to uh, explain that, that vision to the, those that are following, but can get them excited, can get them passionate about it, can get them invested in that vision, almost as if it's theirs. And, and when you have a leader that can do that, then, um, uh, you know, there's really no limit to what you can accomplish. And, and so I, I, I think leaders that are able to um, be not just be visionary, but, but can be visionary and, and uh, articulate that vision in a way that folks can get excited about it. Um, ultimately, that outcome, I think, demonstrates someone who's a good leader. Uh, I believe there are probably well, there are lots of different paths to get to that point. Um, authenticity, as John mentioned, is, is I think a, a good one. I think you call it trustworthy. But um, uh, someone you, you've obviously got to be personable, relatable, to be able to um, inspire people and to to get them excited about a vision. There, there's got to be some uh, ability to relate to to people. Um, and, and honestly, I, I think. Uh, those that are following a leader must have the the sense that the leader is as invested in this outcome as they are and you know at, at least from my perspective leadership is is about service and, and so it's you know I'm, I'm no better than anyone that that I'm leading I I'm just as 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 likely to pick up a broom and a mop and start sweeping up as the next person um, whatever it takes to get the job done and when people see leaders that are, are willing to do you know whatever it takes to to achieve the vision uh then they are more likely to um to sign on and, and to to do that as well so, so let me ask you this um because i and i agree with all of these traits that you've laid out now we may have some people listening that says well uh, i don't have those traits what would you do to encourage somebody or or, or maybe a question to begin with is, are those traits that you've talked about, are they things that can be learned and developed or are they things that just somebody has inherently and uh, and so you either have it or you don't? Hmm. <laughs> can they be learned and developed? I mean, I think so. I mean, I, I, I'd like to think that everybody who is watching this thing has a sense of what they are. And, um, you know, if there's one, one obstacle that occurs to me is someone who is a procrastinator. And so you, you promise to do things, but you, you never get around to it just because of that. I think that that's curable. <laughs> and so, um, or at least you can improve in that area. Um, so I, I have to think that you can, you can, you can develop these, these sorts of things. But I want to add another dimension, and um, I, I mentioned this thing in my uh, in my acceptance speech. And um, you know, we, we often think of leaders as having the vision, as you say, and, and certainly we do. Uh, we should should have some kind of vision, and we think of them as the ones that are giving the instructions. A lot of times, we think of leaders, especially in a military sense, giving an inst giving instructions. And so one of my uh, sort of unique challenges as a regulator was what do you do as a leader 
when you don't have the answers. And that certainly occurred, happened to me. Um, one of the first things I got involved in as a regulator was they were doing, and it started before me, they were doing a rewrite of the variable annuity reserves. Now, variable annuity reserves is a principle-based methodology. The first one that was in, of its kind in the United States going back to 2009. So they've been running this thing for, so this is, you're talking 2017, 18. So it'd been running for eight to nine years and they were unhappy with it. The, the results were just not playing out the way that they thought it should for various reasons. And so they commissioned this um, organization. It was Oliver Wyman got the contract to, to look at, you know, what sort of changes can be made to the process, to the system, to the assumptions, whatever, to make it work. I had never dealt with that level of complexity. Well, never dealt with variable annuities and all of that was way over my head. So now you're in a room and you're in a meeting and you're expected to, you know, make decisions at some points, you know, the consultants would say, okay, regula regulators, you got to choose A or B. And they tried to make it pretty easy, as easy as they could. And we got to vote on it. And so how do I, I, my philosophy is that leading is influencing, right? As long as I'm influencing, I'm leading. I don't have to be the captain to influence. Anybody can influence. Mm -hmm. So the challenge to me was how do I influence this process when I know very little about the subject matter? I certainly have no experience and so many things rely on, you know, to understand them. You really should have worked with those formulas and all kinds of stuff, hedging and modeling, where there's hedging and then there's modeling the hedges and all of that. Mm -hmm. And so I developed the art of what I call leading by asking questions. And so what I would do is I would literally, if I were going into a meeting, NAIC meeting with a bunch of actors and other folks or, or any meeting like that, I stop and think, okay, what questions can I ask that will influence the direction of the conversation? Yeah. And that's all I want to do. I just, I, I don't know the answers. The people who have the answers will supply them, right? But what questions can I ask? And I call it leading by asking questions. And um, it got noticed. There was a lady who sent me an email during during my campaign and, 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 and noticed that when I go to NAIC meetings, I would... Uh, I would, I would, uh, according in her words, chime in with challenging questions, mm -hmm. and I think people appreciated that about me. That they, they would, they would expect me to, to help by contributing questions, even if I, I had no way to provide the answers. Roosevelt, your thoughts? Well, um, so I, well, going back to your original question of of can these skills be learned? I would say yes. If for no other reason, an example of one, because if I look at the list of traits that we talked about, um, if I think of, you know, previous me 20, 30 years ago, that, that <laughs> I don't, I don't think that was me. So um, I, I certainly think that, that you do, and, and a lot of people do grow and develop over time. Um, and, and one of the ways you, you do grow and develop is not just by working on these traits, but actually putting them in practice. And so whatever leadership opportunities you have, be it at home, be it in your volunteer organization, be it at church, be it at in the, in the actual organizations, as you flex those muscles, as you build them, um, you will you will develop your your own leadership style. And and there are, you know, there, there's room within being a good leader for lots of different styles and, and how to, to get there. 
but I, I completely agree with what you, you said, John. Leaders and and I'm, it, one of the things I, I wrote down in terms of the characteristic of leaders that leaders are authentic and and all. If someone tells me they've always got all the answers, I'm going to throw that authenticity trait right out the window because there you go. Um, I, 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 and I, I will readily admit to to any of my team that there are a lot of things I don't know the answer to, but I've, I, I believe that I've surrounded myself with good people. I've surrounded myself with really smart people. And as a team, I don't think there's a question that we can't figure out the answer to. Um, so no, leadership isn't, isn't about having all of the answers. Um, it's about being able to to work through any problem that comes to you and figure out what the right answer is. Um, but you do it as a team and you do it as a group, and, and that helps build that investment of the entire team into what you're doing. Yeah, no, I, really good points from both of you. I, I really appreciate that. Um, I also want to take a little bit of time and get your views on the importance of diversity in leadership. So why why is diversity in leadership important and how can we as a profession continue to make strides in this area? Roosevelt, I'll, I'll start with you. Uh, sure. And, and we, we alluded to, to some of this uh, earlier. I think it's important um, in, in whatever organization we're in. Is, is when you've got a leadership that reflects uh, a, a better representation of who your ultimate end customer, user, constituent is, um, then, then ultimately I think the, the outcome is going to, to, to be better than it would have been otherwise. Um, and, and John referred to a lot of the studies that have shown the, the impact of diversity just on business results. Uh, so I, I think having that that collection of voices that come from different experiences around the table uh, is really important to keep an organization healthy and moving forward. Um, and so to the extent that um, we have leadership that's representative, not just of, of what the profession looks like currently, but what the future of the profession is going to look like, it, it helps to ensure uh, that we will continue to build a strong and maintain a healthy uh, profession going forward. Um, the other thing, and again, we've alluded to this as well, the, uh, the, the, the impact that a diverse leadership group has on inspiring those that are coming behind us. Um, I, you know, there are impacts that, that I think we're going to have now that we may not even ever know about. Um, but the, the fact that uh, those that are considering the actual profession uh, can look at the leadership of, of our professions and see a more diverse leadership, see a more uh, representative leadership, um, may inspire them, may may encourage them that, that again, this is something that, that they can do. John? Yeah, um, I think, you know, we, we think of diversity in terms of representation, and that certainly is important. But I, but I think um, what you're really trying to get, and, and, and you did say it in, in, in perhaps just, just different words, is diversity of thought. What you're trying to do is to get as many different perspectives as you can. And, and, and they may come from you know, the fact that we are different. Now, you know, Roosevelt and I may share the same complexion, but his background is going to have a number of different perspectives from mine, where I come, him growing up in the U.S., me in Jamaica. And so, and so even between the two of us, there could be diversity of thought. And, and that's really what leadership wants. You want as many different perspectives as you can get. 
um, whether it's, you know, sometimes it's correlated to other, other um, qualities, diverse qualities, uh, and, and, and sometimes it, it may not be. So um, the, the value of diversity of thought, obviously, is more ideas. Uh, more perspectives to choose, uh, you sort of figure things out and more considerations. Um, so what can we do as a profession? I think, you know, in, in the end, um, I, I talk about leading a team and I've been the captain of many soccer teams and I, and I look at my board as a team in the same way as I look at the soccer team. Um, I want to give them enough playing time, enough talking time. And I want the team to be successful. I mean, those are, those are unifying between those two experiences. And so I think the way that we can sort of enhance that is whenever there is a team being built, whether it's a board of one of the organizations, uh, whatever it is, a leadership team of a section, whatever, uh, if we are mindful as to how we, if we can be mindful as to how we are selecting that team to get that diversity of thought, uh, we, we can, that will improve our chance of success. Which takes effort, right? I mean, it's really easy to, to go with what you know and, yeah. and it's more comfortable sometimes too. Yeah, you have to be intentional yeah. to go beyond that yeah. and say, I don't have some of this, I, you know, but I need it, yeah. So um, we're running short on time, um, but I, I very much appreciate all of your thoughts today. I, I do want to end with one question for each of you here. Um, John, let me start with you. Um, as you think about your role as a leader, what adjustments have you had to make to be successful? Um, okay. So in, in, my, in my inaugural speech, and I, I, I mentioned sort of three qualities of mine that, um, that I wanted reflected in the speech, but I think also summarized my leadership character. And that is being authentic, thoughtful, and a little bit humorous from, from time to time. Um, when I, you know, after I was elected, of course, the question is, what am I going to do as president? And what I ended up deciding is, you know what? There's no one way to do it. I mean, there's a list of tasks that have to be done. There's no one way. So I can just do it my way. And I'm comfortable with that. I, I, I don't need to be like ex-president, you know, president so-and-so. And so I think the challenge is to sort of make yourself feel comfortable that that is okay. And it's, it's generally going to be. I mean, there, there's things you have to do, they'll get done. But how you do them and your style, um, that, that, that you, can, you can handle on your own. And I, I say being president is just living the values of the SOA, whatever organization it is. If you can live those values in public, um, I'm the organization's number one ambassador wherever I go. And as long as you're comfortable living those values, uh, you'll be fine. And then finally, just to remember to, to leverage the teams, the skills that are in your team. Um, I have an immediate past president, Jennifer, who is very knowledgeable about our education system. She's worked in it for a long time at the organizational level. And I have a president coming behind me, Tim, who is, a, is an executive with RGA. Uh, uh, and so he, he brings that corporate wisdom uh, that, that the team needs. I have neither of those things. And so I tend to lean on them when, 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 when that time comes where I need that sort of thing. So in terms of adjustments, I guess um, I, 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 have, I haven't really adjusted necessarily in terms, you know, other than just sort of 
trying to make it my own. Uh, the only thing I'll say is that I had to get me a new passport so that they can fly me to Australia in May. <laughs> so that's probably uh, <laughs> the biggest adjustment. Uh, I, 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 you, you just kind of you just kind of make it yours, and and generally you'll be fine. Excellent. Roosevelt, how about you? What uh, what changes have you had to make along the way to your leadership style? Yeah, and as I, as I think about you know, how I've developed along the way, I could probably point to a couple of things. Um, one is just the realization that, uh, and we, we've sort of talked about this along the way, the realization that uh, not only are leaders different, um, but different people respond to different leadership styles differently as well. And so one of the things that, that I had to learn along the way is that um, while I it sometimes would lead in a way that I would probably respond to best, um, I had to realize that some people that I lead don't necessarily respond to that leadership style best either. And so um, I've, I've sometimes I've had to modify my approach to make sure that that uh, folks that, that are on the team that I'm leading uh, are, are feeling fully invested and can, can be feeling like they're fully a part of the team. Um, you know, and, and, and also, I, I guess what I would also say is being able to, similar to what John said, relying on your team, being able to rely on, you know, those that you're leading to do things that, that they're really good at doing. Um, you know, I'm maybe that's just a, a, a fault of many actuaries. I've, I've been a doer for much of my career. And so uh, a lot of times you just want to take something and grab it and go do it. Um, but but there are times, one, you can't do everything. And two, um, by doing a lot of things, you may deny someone else the opportunity to grow and develop. And so one of the things that I have to be uh, always cognizant of is making sure that I'm not doing something just because I've always done it or enjoy doing it, but um, that I'm providing others with those opportunities to, to do some of those things as well. And, and maybe the, the last thing I'll point to is that, um, you know, leadership can pull you in so many different directions. And, and one of the things that I've, I'm not great at it, but one of the things I, I try to, to do is make sure that, um, that I, I at least take a little time to, to try and and take care of, of myself so that I can be a good leader. Uh, if I'm running on E, then, then I can't really be an effective leader because I, I have nothing to give. And so those are probably some things that I've learned along the way uh, as I've grown in my leadership journey. No, that's uh, awesome advice. And, and I appreciate both of you uh, sharing your experiences with our listeners today. Um, and, and so just again, John Roosevelt, thank you for, uh, uh, for joining us. Thank you for sharing your insights and your wisdom. Um, and congratulations to both of you on, and being part of this historic movement in the uh, actuarial profession. And like we, we were talking about just prior to, to starting the interview, you know, hopefully this just becomes normal. Right, that we're not having to think or celebrate every time there's a new first, and that these firsts just turn into seconds and thirds, and and all of a sudden we're just reflective of that type of an organization or that type of a profession that we we want to be. So again, thank thanks to both of you for for your leadership and the things that you do for the profession. I very much appreciate it. Thank you, Michael. It's thank been you, a pleasure. And, uh, yeah. Thank you, thank you, Roosevelt. 
And just as a reminder, the leadership development community of the CCA is open to any actuary. You can reach out to the CCA to join. I want to thank Shannon Peterson of CCA staff for helping to organize today's event and encourage you to join us for upcoming CCA events and follow us online on social media and our website. Uh, so until next time, thanks, everyone. Thanks again, John. Thanks again, Roosevelt. Thank Take you. Care. Take care. For more insights from the Conference of Consulting Actuaries, including webinars, meetings, and community discussions and events, check out our website at www.ccactuaries.org and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Are you enjoying this content? Consider participating in CCA's leadership development community to continue the discussion and share insights from this podcast. You don't have to be a CCA member to join. Just reach out to CCA staff to get started.